This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. Why did the FBI search the Washington, D.C. and New York homes of Russian billionaire Oleg Deripaska, author Craig Unger? thinks he has an idea. Uh, Deripaska is certainly a key person to go after, but the, the house in Washington, I doubt seriously that he kept sensitive materials there. I just don't know. Um, but what I, I do know is uh, Deripaska was held back Manafort and Konstantin Kalimnik, and you have a very sensitive uh, transfer of sensitive information that took place when uh, Manafort gave uh, Kilimnik, who was uh, tied to Russian intelligence, uh, sensitive polling data in the summer of 2016. Coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. A week ago, the FBI raided the homes of Russian billionaire oligarch Oleg Deripaska. We still don't know much about what was happening, except that it had something to do with possible crimes. Were those crimes related to espionage, corruption, or something else? So what we did was turn to somebody who knows quite a bit about what goes on in that world. And his name is Craig Unger. He's written several books about that kind of thing. Certainly the most recent book he wrote called American Compromat addresses it head on. Craig, thanks for joining us. First question, what do you know about what took place and what do you think was going on? Well, the real question is, was it a symbolic raid or was it more than that? And it's important to understand who Deripaska is. And I I think if you look at Vladimir Putin, uh, it's hard to come up with a more powerful foreign policy weapon he has than Oleg Deripaska. This is about uh, how Russia works as a mafia state, how it works as a kleptocracy. Uh, Deripaska owns... uh, Rusal, which is one of the biggest aluminum companies in the world, and he uses it in a very strategic way. And this is why Putin allows him to be a multi-billionaire. Um, he he used it against uh, Ukraine, and when he took over their aluminum industry, uh, think about it for a moment. Who needs aluminum? Well, airlines near the aluminum. So Ukraine's air industry became in the, was suddenly in the hands of Putin's greatest pal and Ukraine's worst enemy. Uh, uh, Deripaska backed uh, and, and paid Paul Manafort, uh, who helped install uh, Yanukovych to run Ukraine on behalf of uh, Vladimir Putin and make many concessions to Russia. And Manafort, of course, went on to become Donald Trump's campaign manager. And just as he took over the 
aluminum industry in Ukraine. He tried to do the same with Mitch McConnell in uh, Kentucky. Uh, it looks like the deal is falling through, but McConnell uh, voted to drop sanctions. Uh, and uh, uh, the idea was to build another aluminum plant in, in Kentucky. And that would have given uh, Deripaska enormous strategic power in the United States, uh, which he still does. This has been going on for years, by the way, back in, um, in 96, you may remember, uh, Bob Dole was the Republican Party uh, nominee for president, and Deripaska paid him $560,000 just to represent him as a lawyer on a simple visa matter. So this money, this is how Russian money has been corrupting the Republican Party. Okay. And when the FBI raided this week, we, we, we want to know where that's going to go. Well, that is the question I'm asking you. What do you think? Where is this going to go? And I'm not so much looking for the, for the political here. I'm looking for um, the, the, the broad overview of what took place because the FBI isn't saying much. The intelligence sources that I have, they, they think that because this was a joint FBI and Washington raid, that there may be espionage involved. There may be uh, corruption involved. What does your gut and your sources, what do they tell you? Right. I'm really two minds in this. And, and I, uh, the, the FBI has, has let me down many times before in terms of prosecuting in Trump, Russia. Uh, Deripaska is certainly a key person to go after. But the, the House in Washington, I doubt seriously that he kept sensitive materials there. I just don't know. Um, but what I, I do know is uh, Deripaska was held back Manafort and Konstantin Kalimnik. And you have a very sensitive uh, transfer of sensitive information that took place when uh, Manafort gave uh, Kilimnik, who was uh, tied to Russian intelligence, uh, sensitive polling data in the summer of 2016. So if uh, SDNY and the FBI are follow- barking up that tree, that is a, a very uh, sensitive area that goes straight to the heart of Russian interference in 2016. And I would love to see it if that is the string they're unraveling. That could uh, end up with a lot of people facing very serious uh, criminal charges. Now, let's talk for a minute about Deripaska and his Rusal and American connection. And um, I know this is probably a little difficult for you, but I don't, I don't want to get into the, the political part of this because that's not what we do, but it's kind of hard to talk about it without doing it. Um, but he has, you said that Rusal deal appears to be falling through. What makes you believe that it's falling through and what is at stake in terms of that Kentucky, Russian, uh, or Deripaska and American politicians that may be involved? Well, it's, you know, um, the, the deal, it is just so sensitive in terms of American strategic interests. Think about it. If the Russia controls huge amounts of our aluminum industry, aluminum goes to build airplanes, among other things. Uh, do you really want to have uh, a Putin uh, operative controlling that? That is a, a huge uh, national security breach. So that's what's against it. And, and I think it's very uh, 
it's unlikely that the deal will go through. McConnell, interestingly enough, already voted to lift the sanctions. Uh, You know, he he, so so uh, Deripaska has gotten what he wants at some level. I mean, I'm sure he'd love to go ahead with it. But if if we don't draw the line at Putin operatives uh, being involved in such sensitive industries as aluminum, I think we're putting ourselves at grave, grave risk. Um, on the other hand, I, I, I felt the FBI, I, I mean, if you look at the past history, uh, the former director of the FBI, William Sessions, ended up working for one of the, uh, being, after he got out of the FBI, he became the personal lawyer for Simeon Mogilevich, who's one of the most powerful people in the Russian mafia. Uh, similarly, Louis Free, who was a later director of the FBI, uh, he ended up representing Prevazon, another important uh, Russian company. So look at the message that sends to FBI agents who are supposed to be investigating this. Do they really want to go after companies that involve their former bosses? And if they're looking for a, 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 a soft landing when they get out of the FBI, um, this is one avenue that's been that's been open to a lot of people in the FBI. So so I think that that has compromised our prosecution of this kind of thing in the past. Well, you know, soft landings, there's lots of places to get soft landings. And I'm just thinking, looking at, you know, what's legal and what's, you know, above and beyond reproach. There are a lot of things. There are a lot of industries where former FBI or former intelligence people or former anybody can work in after they do their years of service and retire. But it has to be known to people that doing business with Russian oligarchs or Russian companies, certainly since 1999, that are connected to Vladimir Putin, has some significant drawbacks. And certainly you may be involved in something that may be shady. I mean, don't you think that that would be obvious to these folks like Free and like Director Sessions? Absolutely. Absolutely. But but this is I think is you're you're zeroing in on what I think is really the key problem. If you look at the Mueller investigation and a lot of the the prosecution of this, they've narrowed uh, what is criminal is very different from what constitutes a breach of intelligence. And what we really need is a serious counterintelligence investigation of all this. The Russians are masters of finding out what's legal and finding the loopholes and working around it. Uh, For example, uh, just before the 2016 election, Donald Trump Jr. went to Paris, gave a talk at a French uh, think tank, and uh, all of that was perfectly legal. He paid $50,000 or so. What was interesting, though, is the French think tank was really a Russian front. And Trump Jr. was giving talking points from uh, what Russia wanted Donald Trump Sr. to do with regard to the Middle East. And sure enough, a year later, after Trump was president, he withdrew American troops from Syria and left the area open to being dominated by Russia. They got exactly what they want. In legal terms, there was nothing criminal going on. There was no prosecution to be had. But in terms of uh, uh, intelligence, in terms of counterintelligence, a breach of what is sensitive, uh, you had money going directly to the Trump family from Russian sources telling President Trump what to do in the Middle East on behalf of Russia. And to me, that that is a, a very, very serious breach. Also, it's pretty interesting, too, I would imagine that um, 
there is uh, some 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 thought about that raid possibly being a step in that direction because you mentioned that to us before that what was necessary was a counterintelligence investigation so um, right absolutely absolutely and this is you know i frankly don't know uh, what's going on in the southern district of new york or with an FBI people who are investigating this. And I know, I hear that there are a lot of uh, angry people in the FBI who want to really uh, go after this. On the other hand, as I, as I said, I, I think we found uh, uh, our whole prosecution system has been compromised because Russia, too much Russian money has gotten into it. Well, certainly what you suggest regarding some certain politicians is, is cause for concern and certainly wonder. So anyway, uh, any final thoughts on where this might be going? Um, we know what took place. We know the FBI is not saying anything. We know Deripaska has, is no stranger to the U.S. Uh, legal system uh, and certainly um, no stranger to the U.S. political system. But, you know, where is this going in terms of American culture? In terms of the, you know, I, I, I think we are at, a, at, at sort of a tipping point. And, and if we don't prosecute this vigorously, whether it, it's through Deripaska, and I also think through the January 6th insurrection and the hearings going on in Capitol Hill, if we just let that stand, I think uh, 2024 is going to be much, much worse than January 6th insurrection and the big lie. And uh, the democracy is really uh, will be hanging by a thread uh, come the next election cycles. Uh, But if we do prosecute it, if if Deripaska is the string that starts to unravel, uh, it is a string that can unravel a great, great deal. And we can really get to the bottom of the corruption. I've done two books on this. The amount of compromise is is just staggering. And the FBI has to know all this stuff. And I say this because my books were based in large part on FBI files. Uh, Donald Trump laundered uh, millions and millions of dollars from the Russian mafia through his real estate. And I, I, I wrote about we cannot have that happening and have those people in our government. That makes us compromised and vulnerable with an important strategic enemy. And, and it's really um uh, important that we step up to the plate here and, and justice is done. Craig, before we go, and I don't want to rush through this. I know you have other things to do. I don't want to rush through this. Len Blavatnik, Evgeny Prigozhin, Oleg Deripaska are three of the biggest uh, oligarchs with connections to Mr. Putin and uh, arguably to Russian intelligence. Um, what are their connections? What is What is the impact, I should ask, of the three of them, in your view, on U.S. society, our government, and our security? I think it's immensely corrupting. I mean, Blavatnik is a good example. Uh, he is, last time I checked, I believe his net worth was $16 billion. And what is especially significant about him is that he is a naturalized American. And because of the Supreme Court's uh, Citizens United decision, that means he can contribute enormously and uh, to political campaigns and super PACs and the like. And he has done exactly that uh, to the Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee in the past. So you can just see how someone like 
Mitch McConnell is enormously indebted to him. That's exactly the kind of thing uh, we have to stop. And uh, it's a combination. This is where the Republican, the Russians are, are enormously sophisticated. The real scandal is often what is legal. And they've been studying the legal loopholes. They understand K Street lobbying and that in some ways it is um, just a legal way to, for, to do bribery of politicians. Uh, and they've been using that for more than 20 years. It goes back to the 90s. Why, uh, why do you think Tom DeLay, who was Speaker of the House, kept flying off to Moscow uh, and the money would end up in super PACs? So, uh, you know, we, I, I think we have to put a stop to this kind of corruption uh, or we are going to lose our democracy. So very last thing on that in terms of losing our democracy, disinformation to me is lies are the fuel of disinformation. Um, and when you think about how it works, um, you know, nation states, lone actors, groups, they um, essentially play a key role in, in, in the whole process. They're, you know, w- we the people are the engine, you know, uh, uh, and the, the accelerator of all of the, all of this are, are are these 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 people these malign people, but there's common sense that that you know that can can apply the brakes. We each have a set of keys, and we can choose not to use them. But people continue to look past or just ignore. And I clumsily stated what I'm trying to say here. People just don't seem to get it when it comes to disinformation, which is a key tool of everything that Russia's doing. What is the way? How do you wake people up to this? Well, I, you know, I think it's really hard to have a coherent, you know, our, our media now is so atomized, so fragmented by social media that that uh, part of the problem is how do you penetrate that media world when there are uh, hundreds and hundreds of silos uh, that don't let you in? And, and I'm afraid that a significant part of the country is gone, whether it's 30 percent or it's, I, I, I don't know the exact percentage. But you have people following these conspiracies. It's this information uh, uh, factory of QAnon, and, and, and Russia is fueling an awful lot of that, and people seem oblivious to it. Uh, we, we've seen it acting out in, in COVID, and, and where vaccines have been a mark of political uh, partisanship. And, and uh, you know, I grew up in a very, very different media world where people like uh, Walter Cronkite had integrity and a powerful voice that reached almost all Americans. That world is gone. And I, and I think that we really, you know, one part of this that one that we, we haven't regulated technology at all. So you have uh, Facebook and Twitter uh, and, and other social media that are just spreading lies, lies, lies. And in fact, the more lies that are spread on Facebook, the more money they make. Uh, so they are making billions uh, for uh, propagating Russian propaganda. Why do we allow that to happen? I, as a journalist, can be sued for libel. You can be sued. Uh, and, and you know what? We should. Our libel laws, I think, are pretty good. But f- Facebook uh, is immune to them because it's called a technology company, not a media company. They say what they are doing is not publishing thing. They're a common carrier. 
Well, I think they should be responsible for the lies that they print. And I think that would make a huge difference. Okay. Craig, thank you so much for your time. We've taken way more than we expected, but you are all so good at this. Uh, you're just so good at this. Thank you for your time. And um, we look forward to chatting with you and staying staying in the loop on this because this is a serious situation that we're in right now. Well, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. That's going to do it for this episode of Target USA. Coming up next time. Too many of our people have been affected by the anomalous health incidents that we continue to investigate. Back to Havana Syndrome. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is going to have something to say. I met with colleagues around the world who've been struck by these health incidents. I'm deeply moved by what they've been through. We will not spare any effort to protect our people, to make sure they have access to the best care, and we will leave no stone unturned to get to the bottom of what and who is behind these incidents. That's coming up in our next episode of Target USA. If you have any questions or comments about the show, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green, that's one word, at whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. We also offer you the opportunity to follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And if you want more national security news, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's at WTOP.com slash email. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Hey guys, Jay Cutler. Started a new podcast called Uncut with Jay Cutler. Most of you know me from the NFL. Some of you have seen me on Instagram. And some of you know me from the reality TV world. Each week I'm taking you along with me as we discuss football, trending topics, and whatever's going on in my life each week. I'm bringing along people that are special in my life. Former teammates, friends, and some new people that I like and respect. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Podcasting? I think I'm doing this right. Can't wait to get started with you. Go subscribe now. Uncut with Jay Cutler. Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.